Hello and welcome to Gloss Over, a podcast for creators, artists, entrepreneurs, spirit seekers, beauty lovers, and bosses. We're taking a deep dive into topics that we just can't gloss over. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Gloss Over Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Megan Whalen, makeup artist, entrepreneur, and beauty profesh. Hey, gang. It's Caroline Trudeau, your second co-host. I am a digital strategy consultant, also an entrepreneur, and the creator of thevoicescollection.com. Girl! What's up? I am so excited to talk to you today because I have some questions for you. Oh, here we go with the questions. And I, though, I listen, I have questions because so many people are like, hey, what's Caroline doing in Germany? What's going on? Is she working there? What's happening? Why has Caroline been in Germany since basically August of this year? And I was like, well, I don't want to summarize for her. So let me just put that shit on the podcast. So girl, tell us. What's up with Germany? What have you been doing? What's been going on? Your reason for going? How are you feeling about it? Struggles, tips, tricks, successes? What's what's the tea on Germany? Yes, spill the German tea. Spill the tea. Bitte schön. Yeah, bitte schön. Um, So, I am still in Germany, indeed. Actually, only for three short more days. It is time. I know. It is time for me to come home to celebrate the holidays in my community of the last 18 years, the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area. So, yeah, Thursday coming home. Yeah. Yeah, I'd be sad about leaving Germany for the D.C. metro. Just saying. Yeah, yeah. I can can relate. I can understand, especially this time of year. It's so wonderful here. Um, The Christmas markets, my first time experiencing this whole culture of being outside and experiencing, um, you know, the hot wine and the artist markets and the food and the carnival-like um, type atmospheres, the kids outside. Um, so it's it's really a lovely time to come to Munich if, for anybody who would like to try that. The holiday times are great here. I feel like um, any, any German city during Christmas is like legit awesome. I had a really good friend from Heidelberg and... That is also really cool. I mean, any place you go in Germany for Christmas is going to be super nice and fun and just amazing with delicious food and the Kindlemarkt, and it's just awesome. Yeah, yeah. The whole Christmas spirit is super uh, heightened right now. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been quite lovely, but it's time to come home, put my fake tree up, and uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, my hey, fake girl, I tree. don't put the fake tree up last night, honey, okay? Right. I don't have time for a real tree. That's not happening. Oh, my gosh, so much maintenance. Yeah, the fake tree has, like, the, the lights built into it. You know, just, like, put the bottom, the middle, the Thank top, you. fluff it plug up, it plug in. it in. Done. <laughs> yeah, welcome to America. <laughs> right. Uh, good times. Looking forward to doing that this weekend. But, yeah, so, the, yeah, the Munich journey is uh, is ending. And, yeah, it started in August. Uh, there was a stint of London, as we um, have recalled on the podcast, and uh, a little period where I went back home to sort of switch the summer gear to the winter gear. Um, but yeah, it's been, how long uh, were you home? So when you flew back the first time 
from like the time you landed to the time you flew back, you were home for what, two days, three days? No, no, no. It was more than that. It was, uh, I think it was 10 or 12 days. Was it really? Yeah, just it over a week. It felt really quick. Yeah. yeah, it was quick. It was really quick. There was a lot going on there too, taking care of some life admin, as we call it. Mm. Yeah, so originally I'd planned to come to Munich for the Bits and Pretzels conference, which was scheduled um, for the last weekend in September 1st few days of October, um, of course, around Oktoberfest. Uh, it's a conference that I had wanted to attend last year when I was at IBM, but um, sort of ran out of budget, ran out of time, ran out of travel money. Um, so as an entrepreneur this year, I was fortunate enough to be, <clears throat> excuse me, capable of uh, getting a registration and really wanted to attend and be part of the startup community. Uh, but what really transpired is um, in at the end of July when I discovered the Global Digital Women, which you've heard me talk about network. Yes. Um, yeah. So this, this fantastic organization uh, that was founded in Berlin is now sort of all over the major cities in Germany, expanding into other countries, uh, specifically London and then hopefully in the U.S. and Canada. Um, and, and other European and, and worldwide countries, obviously. But um, through this program, this uh, Digital Female Leadership Award program, um, I was nominated for a Global Hero Award. And oh. yeah, good times. It's Don't quite make an me honor. Sing. I, I need a hero. <laughs> <laughs> well, you do have the microphone, so. I do. Go and ahead. I will use that shit. I have a microphone. So and tell, I'll tell use us, it. that's right. So tell me a little more about the digital women. Like, give me um, a snapshot of like that culture, what it's what it's doing, how it's affecting yeah. women in digital media. Like, tell us all the things. All the things. So the mission of this organization is to bring visibility to women's career that are working in a digital field. And digital Ugh. is defined in the eye of the beholder. So there are digital women, uh, there are digital media, there's uh, you know communications and marketing, there's technologists, there's women in financial services, there's women, there's of course a bunch of entrepreneurs, there are people that are working in uh, social organization, there's lifestyle bloggers. So essentially, mm -hmm. it's very, very inclusive of any kind of career that has a digital component to it. So basically digital components would be for those of us who are mere but humble makeup artists. Um, that is anything like I could be a digital uh, woman absolutely. because I create content like anything basically that's not a brick and mortar store basically or a brick and mortar uh, institution and even brick and mortar institutions. Everyone has a digital arm, correct? Exactly. Everyone's social media, everyone's marketing in some way, everyone's you know, it's sort of a broad term, but you, you think about it broadly, it's really, it's like our life now. It's exactly. how we live. So what would what we I, be without digital, right? Exactly. And this is what I love about this organization. And it's really, really inclusive. Um, and the definition of digital, again, is in, in the eye of the beholder. So I think as long as there's a component of one's career that is executed, manifested, managed digitally, um, and to your point, digital is integrated into almost everything we do. It's almost, you know, to, to a point, it's almost silly to separate digital in this day and age. I was just going to say, yeah. it's kind of baked in. And so it's merely just a segment of everyday life and everyday business. It's not its own thing anymore. I feel like it maybe at its advent used to be. Oh, yeah. But now it's like baked in and it's just yeah. part of everything we do, really. 
even in some organizations that I've consulted with um, in, in the freelance world or in the entrepreneur world, uh, they're starting to not be a digital department anymore because it's essentially assumed or expected to be integrated within all the lines of business. This is for you know, organizations that are maybe a little bit more mature on their digital adoption curve. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's now integrated into everything that we do. And that's what makes this organization so cool is that uh, women from all different kinds of backgrounds, all different kinds of experience and um, subject matter expertise level uh, from all over the world are participating in these events. So there's there's a um, there's an organization that you know puts the mission forwards and the content, uh, and then there are local chapters that um, host events and micro communities essentially in which women can um, leverage each other's networks and knowledge um, that that are happening in, in all of the different cities where the organization is is um, manifesting. So I've been quite involved in in the Munich community in the three months or so that I've been here, um, and it's just really I've enjoyed um, meeting the women. Um, so when I when I first became aware of this organization and you know the the sort of the um, the nominations for this leadership award came out in the beginning of August, I wrote a couple blog posts about it, uh, which we can put in the show notes. I, I realized that um, there was 400 women that were participating in this program um, that were all badass women. And I was so curious and I was so intrigued and I was so motivated to find out more about this global component um, to sort of put to the test my theory around we are more alike than different, which you've heard me talk about a lot, um, that I accelerated my my trip to Munich um, to the end of August and set out on a mission in September to have 30 blind dates in 30 days. Um, and I was, you know, what, what was the most surprising is that um, the women that I reached out to actually took me up on this offer to meet for a coffee. So what started off as a LinkedIn conversation across the ocean became really intimate gatherings with um, these women in their favorite coffee shops in Munich, in their favorite restaurants, some of them even in their homes. Um, and what I have discovered out of that is that, uh, yes, we are more alike than different. So we all um, share a lot of the, the challenges of, of motherhood and of sisterhood and of, you know, being in a career and being in a man's world and um, all of the, the conversations that we want to have um, that we maybe don't always have the space to have, especially in the workplace. So it's been a tremendously enriching experience. Um, I've met some fantastic, fantastic people. Um, and I, you know, take from this experience uh, the humility of having been welcomed in a country where I don't even speak the language, where I, you know, maybe only knew a handful of people from having relationships with former colleagues at IBM uh, to now having a network that um, I know that I can count on, that I can reach out to, um, that I'm interested in what they're doing and that are interested in what I'm doing. So it's been, you know, that's, that's really the gift um, that, that I take with me. So thank you, ladies of Germany. Oh, thank you, Sharon, my shots. That's amazing. Sure. So yep. cool. So do you think, I mean, it's, you know, that's kind of why The Voices was born in some way, to share the voice, your voice and then other people's voices. And you mentioned their story about 
just a struggle that we all go through. And that's sort of what the podcast is for too, is like, yeah, yeah, we, we on the surface live this fabulous life, but there's always things that are going on behind the scenes that maybe people don't understand. And, um, would you say that, um, it's particularly difficult for our quote digital women because they're a group of people that are underrepresented in that particular segment of the universe? Yeah, I think, I think in our careers specifically, um, what, what I've, yeah, I, I come from the auto world, um, and, and sort of grew up, you know, in, in my more mature career days and what I thought was, you know, the automotive man's world. Um, I think what I've realized from this experience is that we live in a man's world period. You know, most mm, of, you know, that most, is some deep shit of the universe, honey. <laughs> yeah. Whoa. It's not automotive and it's not you know, arts and science and technology and like everybody right now is looking for a way to promote diversity and inclusion. Um, and that's has very many different definitions for the people that it impacts. Um, so for example, you know, when is it okay to have kids? You know, what if I don't want to have kids or what if I have kids and sometimes I wonder, what my life would be like if I didn't have kids, you know? Wow. So it's sort of, you know, creating, it's created space for us, for me at least, to, to have these kinds of conversations that bring people together because we sort of all have these thoughts and sometimes it's okay to let them out, sometimes it's not. Um, my the, the catalyst for the voices and, and the catalyst for the, the podcast as well is to enable these conversations so that we don't feel like we are alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, yeah. that's I take great comfort in hearing your story. And- Absolutely. Yeah, so for me, it's become more, uh, it, it, it has heightened my desire to enable these conversations. Um, and it's not just, you know, working in this network of global digital women, but it's also the experience I had when I was in Lisbon at the House of Beautiful Business. It's also the conversations that have um, subsequently come about in some of the deeper relationships that I'm developing with some of the people that I've met. Um, it's also some of the opportunities that have manifested themselves as a result of, you know, showing up with sort of just like this one objective, which is to meet as many people as possible and to have meaningful conversations. Um, all of that, uh, has sort of solidified this original catalyst, which was to enable conversation to discover our similarities rather than focus on our differences. I think especially when we go into another culture or when we think about history or when we look at people from different regions, uh, we have a tendency naturally as human beings to first focus on differences. Oh, you know, well, we're different because, you know, in England, we are on the other side of the road or, you know, in, in most of Europe, the ground floor is floor zero and, you know, the floor numbering is different. And there's just like so many examples of this. But when you start, sort of start to dig beyond the surface a little bit and you start to ex- expose your feelings and put yourself in a little bit more of a vulnerable position, you end up having conversations that are much more meaningful than, you know, staying at the surface. So, uh, for me, this is something that I take, um, and that I take as a, uh, a goal for 2019. How do you activate these types of conversations, uh, in a much more, 
uh, two way, you know, than just being on the blog or just doing the podcast. Like how do we enable these conversations so that we can offer women, but also men, also men, the opportunity to engage in these, uh, in these deep connections, deep, deep shit of the universe. Yeah. So, so a note, uh, since we're on the topic, um, you know, the, these women topics are really, really important. Um, I think enabling these conversations is super powerful. Um, but I also think that the conversation needs to shift a little bit from, um, you know, men versus women to men and women together, creating a future where females have equality. Uh, I think that we need to be careful that we don't swing the pendulum too far to the other side. Um, so yeah, I, I, I agree that, uh, women need to have a stronger voice and that we need to develop organizational systems that are more supportive of women. Um, but that, you know, the message should be one of equality, um, and that we need to bring the men into this conversation. So it's a very fine line, um, as I sort of observe the activities that I've had in the last three months. Um, it's a fine line between, you know, just getting the girls together to have girl talk um, versus having an all-inclusive conversation about equality and, and how do we help each other understand uh, more about these sort of traditional roles and how we evolve the narrative, especially in, in, in corporate um, and community organizations. So that's that's sort of the message that I, how I'm shifting my my thinking and, and going into 2019 and thinking about some of the points of views and some of the work that I want to do. Um, I'm really going to be focused on um, equality topics and great. Um, yeah, yeah, super exciting. Who knows? Maybe another passion project will spawn from your, you know, newly, uh, newly invigorated sense of equality. That's amazing. So having been sort of completely embedded in the culture and in the community and seeking out, um, these projects and these meetings and this immersion therapy, essentially that you've done for yourself. Immersion therapy, that's I what love it, that. That's what it feels like. You are completely immersed. How does it, how do you, how are you going to do coming home? Are you bummed? Um, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to coming home to be in my, my space, my comforts. Uh, I really miss my pillow. I think I may have said this before, but you know, there's just something amazing <laughs> pillow that's just like super supportive. And, um, so I, you know, I'm looking forward to coming home and to sort of experience myself, um, in that context again, having been separated from it for so long and get the perspective that comes with that. Totally. Cause you've had, um, I feel like tremendous growth in a very short period of time. That's always good to, you know, it's always good to apply that then. Yeah. And to see what shows up and what sort of reactions I have and what emotions show up and what makes me miss Germany or versus what makes me be happy to be home. Um, but I do leave with a little bit of um, nostalgia, I guess. Um, sure. I feel like I maybe have a little bit of unfinished business to take care of. Um, there have been some opportunities that have uh, popped up from a professional perspective that I hope I'll be able to continue to work on from so stay across tuned the ocean. for that. Stay tuned for stay that. Stay tuned for that. More coming. Yeah, so I feel like some of the, the labor of starting a business, um, putting yourself out there professionally, personally, intimately, almost sometimes, 
um, and showing up and standing in your truth, uh, for me, is really starting to pay off. So there, there is a little bit of that, ugh, what, fear of missing out on what might happen when I'm not here. Totally. FOMO, know? man. FOMO. I, like, I yeah. can't. I, it's paralyzing for certain people. Like, me, ah, me included. I am also yeah, paralyzed yeah. with FOMO. Yes. Maybe this is a topic for um, another yeah. podcast. Yeah. Can't, yeah, gloss like over that. Can, can't gloss can, over that. Can't so gloss over that. So I think one, one, now that we've sort of conquered the deep shit of the universe, let's do the glossy topic of um, how do you best survive in an Airbnb type situation? I have been fortunate enough to travel in some pretty swank Airbnbs, super happy. Um, what are your tips for... Uh, choosing an Airbnb and then surviving in it kind of long-term as a hustler on the road. Uh, yeah. I mean, you're an Airbnb consumer yourself too, right? Totally. 100%. Yeah. My, my biggest thing is always I've got to have um, a decent sized for me, my recipe for success is a decent, like a decent kitchenette situation, oh ideally, God, I because yeah. I really hate um, eating out every single meal. It does provide me with a little bit of comfort of home, and sometimes it's hard to find like the healthier options. And sometimes it's nice just to have a scrambled egg and a piece of toast and a nice cup of coffee in your space rather than having to run out for every little thing. I also really prefer if they have some sort of coffee making uh, accoutrement, like please. <laughs> For the love of God, can there be a bag of coffee beans and a French press? And, you know, my Airbnb that I frequent am kind enough to provide that for me. So, yeah, that's my success is ready, like coffee accoutrements um, and a little mini kitchen. A soaking tub is always ideal because I get really sore oh, when wow. I travel. Um, that's a luxury item right there. Well, I, my, my typical Airbnb does have a soaking tub, which I am grateful for. Um, so that's my recipe for success. What do you have? Same. I mean, I think you need to try to bring in comforts of home into the space that you're invading, if you will, as much as possible. So for me, it is definitely coffee because this is the first thing that I do every single morning is have a cup of coffee. Yep. Um, so to be able to put yourself in a, uh, familiar routine, uh, starting with a coffee is important. Also being able to spread out a little bit, uh, you know, for, for me, like to, put the cosmetics out and have a little space that you sort of put yeah. your, your beauty routine together to make yes. it relevant to, to yes. beauty. Yeah. And then, you know, I think it's a, a matter of uh, getting out and sort of discovering the neighborhood and uh, where is the grocery store? Always the first thing I find when I get to an Airbnb, where's the, or like where, the grocery or like the pharmacy? Yeah, grocery pharmacy, like a local newsstand uh, that may have some some drinks and some mm -hmm. some late night, uh, you know, things. Just a bodega, to get with if that. you will. A bodega, darling, <laughs> if you will, of course. Um, yeah, and then just like figuring out um, a, a routine, you know, for me, it's easy to, it would be easy to just sleep until noon and, you know, all those things. But I, I try to be disciplined with, you know, sleeping times and scheduling some meetings at normal meeting type times and finding familiarity in the space um, as if you were at home. Yeah. Agreed. And I think in picking an Airbnb too, like there's a little bit of a, a skill, you know, in Munich, I don't have to pick because I always come to the same place, but you know, in, in Portugal, picking a place and in London, picking a place, you know, you've got to 
really investigate the photos, like really look at the photos with so much precision, like what's in the corner and like not just gloss over, literally you have to dig in. Um, And I think um, for those Airbnbs that are not automatic booking is starting a relationship with your host. Yes, which is crucial. I've done that. It's it's paid off dividends. You got to be super nice to your Airbnb host at all times. Yes. Yes. And yeah, they will be, they will be kind to home. you back. Yeah. And they exactly. will be kind to you back, which is amazing. Yeah. Awesome. So well, that was a, those are the, those are the, like the high level tips, I think. So good. Well, I think that everyone is going to be very satisfied now knowing what Caroline has been doing. What, been up <laughs> what to? the hell is she doing in Germany and when the hell is she coming home? Which was my huge question. Um, so yeah, thanks so next for time sharing. We record, we'll be face to face again. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Me too. It's going to be amazing. So thank you for sharing that and being vulnerable and being real about thank it. You. And, um, I'm super glad that everyone now is aware of what's happening. So we have lots to catch up on further. We'll have to put it off for another episode, but until then y'all, thanks so much for listening. Okay. Love you. Bye. The end. Thank you for listening. Have a topic you'd like us to gloss over? Hit us up on Twitter at GlossOverPod and find us on the web at thevoicescollection.com slash GlossOverPod.